thank you for the immeasurable wonder that our God came down, that you would lower yourself, Lord, to be with us and that you would lower yourself even to the point of death on a cross. We pray, Lord, as we step into this Christmas series, um, we would see gloriously the wonder of the God who came to dwell with us, the, the word who became one of us. And Lord, that as we see, we would grow as a people who shine your glory to the world around. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll tell you what, if you don't have a Bible open, um, you may have John 1, 1 to 3 memorized, in which case, just get one open anyway. It's a great practice to be in a church. Um, but uh, that's not the first page. Sorry about that. Today, we're moving into our Christmas series. As we've, as we've mentioned, dwell, the word became one of us. Uh, we're going through the nativity according to John, not me, according to the gospel of John, obviously, although you will get some of the gospel according to John, I suppose, because I'm preaching most of the thing. Uh, it describes the coming of Jesus into the world. And what's genuinely remarkable about John's nativity is the lack of a nativity. You know, like, do, do you get that? Looking at John's gospel, um, Catherine before held up that, that little plastic nativity scene. And what we notice is, you know, that, that's what we think of when we think of nativity, isn't it? We think of, you know, what, what are we doing? There's the stable, there's the kings, there's the shepherds. I haven't got a tea towel with me. Um, there's, you know, the, the baby Jesus and Mary looking super holy and John looking a little bit surly maybe. But, um, and, but, and donkeys and sheep and, and, no, not surly? Okay. Um, Joseph. Whoops, not wrong, wrong, wrong word. Sorry. Um, but still, that's what we think of when we think nativity, isn't it? Like you drive down the street and you see nativities. You go into shopping centres in Adelaide and you see nativities. And we don't get any of that in John's nativity at all. Um, uh, but nativity, nativity as a word, really means birth. That's, that's all it means. And when we talk about the nativity, we're talking about the birth of Jesus, the coming of Jesus into the world. And in John's Gospel, we get a, a nativity that is like no other nativity. Uh, the actual birth moment is summarised in just one line where we get the title for our whole series from, The Word Became Flesh and Dwelt Among Us. There's an awesome Colin Buchanan song for that, but I won't sing it. But you might ask, you know, why are we looking at John's nativity then? If, if there are no details, why go there? Uh, and... Uh, Will we be finished with our Christmas series before December starts? That'd have to be some sort of world record. Almost wrong. Um, but actually, although there are no nativity things, no donkeys and no cattle and no sheep and no shepherds in John's nativity, what we get in John's gospel is a nativity which richly and uniquely shows us the depth and the wonder of what we celebrate at Christmas. John shows us the big answer to the big question, who is Jesus? And what did he come to do? And so each of the weeks, you could summarise the points of what we're going to be looking at uh, with a sentence that starts with, Jesus is, insert thing here. And today, we're, we're looking at just these first three verses. Uh, but here, John takes us back to the very beginning, a very good place to start. 
If you want to understand what happens at Christmas, you first need to understand who Jesus really is, who he has always been. And I mean always in the most real sense of the word. What John shows us is that Jesus is the creator God communicating with us. The Bible opens with these revolutionary, ideology-building, worldview-forming words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. From nothing, God created everything. We get used to that idea, don't we, if you're a Christian? Um, we, we kind of get kind of like, yes, yes, God created the world, move on, John. But, but shouldn't that be mind-blowing on its very own? That, that God created everything from nothing. It's not possible, really, with the human mind to comprehend one who has the power to create everything from nothing. Who has the, not just the power, the knowledge, the wisdom, the ability, like, like it's, it's, it's not just raw power, you know, we're not talking about a big nuclear reactor here or something like that, as if, as if you just had the power, you could do it. Like, look around you, the world is complex, the world, human life is beyond our understanding, no matter how hard we try, and everything is. You know, even to create something fairly small and insignificant from nothing, for us, is way too much to do. You know, you couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Give it a crack sometime if you don't believe me. Head on home today, not right now, listen to the sermon now. Go home afterwards and try to make yourself just a little bit of water out of nothing. Like, water's pretty simple, right? We're talking, what, three atoms. Um, a couple of them barely qualifying as atoms, really, the, the H's and the H2O. Um, but, but you can't do it. I can't do it. It's impossible. And yet the Bible's assertion is that there is one who made everything from nothing. Scholars call it um, creatio ex nihilo, which means creation from nothing, which means we don't get this, so we're going to give it a Latin name so we still sound clever. Think about it. Like the immensity of stars and the absurdity of starfish. The, 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 the mass of moons and mountains. Like, like from the tiniest microscopic particle that, that we don't even probably know exists yet because we keep discovering new layers of smallness to the greatest galaxy out there. One who created it. One God who made it all. And yet the Bible, it boldly points to the baby in the manger that you drive past the pictures of everywhere at Christmas. And it says this startling truth. All things were made through him. He is the creator God sitting in a manger. Who has been from the beginning. You know, John says there, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Remembering that the word here, uh, as per our series title, the word is a name for Jesus, uh, for God the Son. You know, this is astounding, isn't it? Usually when, when you see a baby, right? I mean, we, we've, got, we've got an eight-month-old over here. He's asleep on his mum. Uh, when, you, when you see a baby, usually it kind of takes your breath away a little bit, unless, unless you're one of those strange people who's like, oh, babies are unattractive and they need to get older before I like them. But... Um, but most of us, it kind of takes your breath away because you look at it and you're like, that's something so new. 
so beautifully brand new. And yet you look at the baby in the manger, and it is like the humanity of Jesus is new at that point. But, but at the same time, you're looking at one whose being has existed since forever, since before all time, one who has been. Isn't that breathtaking? Yeah, in, in, later in John's Gospel, in, in John chapter 8, um, get this illustrated really powerfully. Um, Jesus is in a bit of a, a stoush with the, um, the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. Um, and, they're, and they're arguing it out and, and, and they don't like the claims that he's making about himself. Um, and And... Yeah, Jesus says, oh, well, Abraham, Abraham longed to see my day, and he did see it. And, and, and Jesus makes this wild claim that, that he and Abraham have encountered each other before. Um, and, and they go, you're not 50 years old, and yet you claim to have seen Abraham. And Jesus says, before Abraham was, I am. And, and that's breathtaking, not just because Jesus is saying, you know, I was, be, I was here before Abraham, but because Jesus is taking the personal name of God from the Old Testament, the great I am, and he's saying, before Abraham was, I'm God. That's who I am. Eternal, everlasting, creator, God. You know, when you look into the manger, you're seeing one who is older than time. Like I said, the point isn't just that he's the creator, but that Jesus is the creator God communicating with us. And this is something we're going to see panned out across this series. Uh, Christians, we've often read this bit of the Bible so many times. This is so true of so many bits of the Bible, right? But this, maybe particularly here, so many times that we miss something that is 100% obvious. The Bible calls Jesus the Word. John calls him the Word. Not just because there wasn't an easier title to use. There's plenty of titles for Jesus. You can, you can count up one of them for each day of Advent if you really want to. I've seen the Advent calendar. Not just because Jesus spoke at the beginning, or God spoke at the beginning, and so, you know, that's kind of a convenient picture for Jesus. Jesus is the word because God made the creation in order to communicate his glory to the creation. God is an intentionally communicative God. He wants to be known. He does not want to remain unknown to you and to us. He does not want to be hard to reach. He wants to live in relationship with the, with the people he's created and be known to them. But not just that, he has one way in which he communicates himself to us. This is wild when you look at it. Like, his only son is the way in which God communicates to us. And, and I think you could build the idea from John 1 that he's the only way in which God communicates with us. Jesus is the word of God. And, and, and you might hear me say that, and, and a few people in this room who love their Bibles, and I love them for it, are thinking to themselves and going, but John, doesn't, say, doesn't the Bible say that the heavens declare the glory of God? Doesn't the Bible say that, that all of creation displays something of what, you know, that, that Romans 1, right? The, uh, the, what, what's plain about God has been seen in creation since the beginning. Let's, 
Let's engage that thought with John 1, shall we? Because in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God and all things were created through Him. So when you look at creation, who's God communicating to you through? I'm not saying creation is Jesus. We're not going pantheism here. But um, it's a fun long word. I'll explain to you afterwards if you don't. It doesn't matter. Um, But I'm saying God, through Christ, through Jesus, has been, through the Son, has been communicating since the beginning and showing himself to us. This is his chosen mode of doing these things. And and the word there for, for the word... You know, that logos word is the Greek. It has the, the sense of a message, of a communication. It's not word kind of in the, in the sense of a thing you look up in a dictionary. It's word in the sense of, have, you know, I couldn't think of something less lame. Have you heard the word? Um, have you got the message? Here's God's message to us. So, so God communicates to us through Jesus. Now that kind of leads us to attention, doesn't it? Because we've talked about how, how God communicates in his creation through Jesus, right? That the creation is created by, by and through and for Jesus uh, for the sake of communicating who God is. And yet not everyone goes out and looks at that sunset and goes, wow, there must be a God. Not everyone looks at the complexity of human life and goes, wow, isn't the creator amazing? Isn't he powerful? Isn't he wise? Um, That kind of brings us back to this whole Christmas thing. Why is there a baby in a manger? And, 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 and it's because although there is a sense, like we've said, in which God has always been revealing himself through his son, um, just revealing through the creation is not enough to know God. It was not enough because we have, since Adam and Eve, been separated from God, removed from him, running from him, looking uh, at obvious evidence of the creator God and blocking our ears and denying and avoiding it because we didn't know him and we thought we didn't want to know him. And so God's word, the all-creating God, the Son himself, came down, became a man to make him known. And, and you know, like I said in, in communion today, the the road to Bethlehem is really the road to the cross. Because when we talk about the, the eternal word, the, the pre-existent son who comes down at Christmas, what we're talking about uh, is, is the one who came to make God known and the way that he makes him known first and foremost and always and above all is through his cross. As Jesus goes to the cross, we see who God is in, in splendour. This is a crazy thing about the Gospel of John. You know, naturally we think about the cross and the empty tomb and we go, with the empty tomb, that's the glory moment and the cross, that's the shame moment. And John just flips that on its head and he says, the cross is where we see God's glory because at the cross we see the justice and the love of God poured out. We see the wonder of who God is. And this is what we celebrate at Christmas. 
but the word became one of us to save us. He sheds light into our darkness, as we'll see in these coming weeks. He breathes life into a world filled with death. He brings grace and truth to a world filled with selfishness and lies. He makes God known. The God that we meet in Jesus is so different to anything we might have expected. So infinitely better that when we truly meet him, we truly love him. And we know that he loves us. So I'm praying that this Advent season is a time when we all grow in wonder at the mighty word of God who became one of us, who came to redeem us. And let me, let me chuck in there, if you don't know him, if you don't know Jesus, the mighty word, I'm hoping that this is the time when you get to know him, when you realise you've been running all your life from the one who died to save you, who loves you, who came down to rescue you, And if you do know him already, many of us do, I'm praying that God would open all of our eyes to see him more clearly this Christmas, this Advent, and to hear the word that is Jesus. So let me give you an invitation. As we walk, as we walk through this little Advent season, go to this book. Go, put your attention on God. Give him your worship, as we are all called to do all the time. And pray that he would show you himself through it. And start in John chapter 1, verse 1 to 18. Seriously, you could read these 18 verses every day until Christmas and find something new every day. I've been reading them for decades and I keep finding new things in them. Found something new this week. Go and grow in wonder at who the baby in the manger really is. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we stand amazed that the word would become one of us. We stand amazed at who you are. You are the mighty creating God. You are the one whose existence existed since before time. You are the one with all power and all knowledge and all wisdom and you lowered yourself for us to show us, to communicate with us, to be the word that you are, speaking the truth of who our God is. So Lord, open our eyes this Advent season. Show us Christ. Show us who our God is. And send us out as a people who just cannot help but worship because you are so great. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.